It's the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast. Welcome back. We have just wrapped up Vegas. South Point 400 uh, is over. Shout out to William Byron. He won the race for Team Hendrick. Hendrick won two, uh, three, maybe, I believe. Yeah, pretty sure. One, two, three. Uh, I, I'm, we're joined with Dale Tanhart. I'm Chase Holden. Welcome back. You know that. You knew that already, though. Doesn't matter. Uh, we were in St. Pete this weekend, so we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the IndyCar race in St. Pete briefly, mainly NASCAR because it's a NASCAR podcast. So we'll talk about the weekend and we'll talk a little bit later on about the upcoming race in Phoenix this weekend. Some odds have dropped and we're going to answer your questions from Twitter before we do any of that. Shout out to Hooters right now. If you get over to the Hooters app or order.hooters.com and use promo code garage guys, you're going to be able to save $10 on any $30 or more order. And that's by using promo code garage guys. Hooters is for race day. Hooters is for real. And not only to go orders, dine in orders as well. You want to tell them how we get that done, Dale? Yeah, you can save $10 on any $40 plus order. At your favorite Hooters location, when you tell your waitress about promo code Garage Guys, she's got the hookup. We got the hookup for everybody who is a casual Hooters enjoyer. Garage Guys is the promo code. And your waitress will hook you up when you get there in person. And that's valid at HOA. HOA fuck, I almost had it without stuttering. HOA locations for food, non-alcoholic beverages, and merchandise. Just tell your waitress $40 more. And you'll get a discount, courtesy of your boy. That's a big Ryan flex. And Dale. It's a big flex. I'm Jimmy. Um, all right, so let's go ahead. Let's dive into it. We were in St. Pete this past weekend for the IndyCar race. It was the IndyCar opener. Had a great time. Shout out to everybody that was out there. Uh, got got to hang out a little bit with our, our guy, Connor Daly. Uh, got to see Scotty Mack. Scott McLaughlin runs for Team Penske. We've named uh, Connor Daly's area, wherever his pit box is, wherever his crew is at. We're going to call it the heart of the dog from here on out. Like w- within within like a 30 foot radius of his car on race weekend, it's the heart of the dog. So don't forget that, um, you know, because he's got that dog in him and uh, and he avoided a huge wreck. So I think that it's safe to say that the wizardry that was laid upon him for the Daytona 500 is still in effect that we did at Hooters and it translated. He missed a giant wreck. There was a huge wreck. A car literally flipped in the beginning of that race. Uh, I don't remember who the driver was and it was a green car. It went flying. It was like the, 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 what, what was that superhero? The green lantern, but he was okay. And that's what counts. I think it was, was it Devlin Francesco that went up? Hold on, it was could have been the red. No, it was a red car. Who was it? Uh, the I am colorblind. I am completely colorblind. If it was a well, red no, a red car. My bad. A red car uh, completely slammed the side of that of that green car uh, and put it airborne. Um, right. Who was it? I was about to be very worried, dude. I was about to go to the uh, what, what's the eye doctor called? The optometrist? Is that what you call an eye doctor? I've never been, but maybe. Um, that might be right. I had to get some glasses. Maybe it was Benjamin Peterson. Maybe that's who it was. I had to get my RGBs worked out. Benjamin. Yeah. There's a lot of people that race IndyCar. Yeah, that was uh, that was crazy. That was absolutely crazy. That was a great race. That was the best race of the weekend. 
and um crowd was great out there i don't i couldn't tell you how many people were there but that is clearly like a a great fun event for that city and we had also never been to st petersburg or, or, or the tampa area before and everything around that downtown st petersburg area just makes for an awesome weekend like you have so many different places you can go to watch a race like at a bar good ass places to eat we had we ate at this one place uh what was it called whatever it was the pizza was amazing i believe what was it oak and stone maybe yeah like oak and stone artisan pizza some shit like that it was fucking amazing like i got i ate like this buffalo chicken quinoa uh, quinoa pilaf and it was amazing but i ate a slice of your pizza and Dude, that was great pizza. I couldn't believe how good it was. Like it was the texture and the crust was, I mean, next level. It was delicious. It was on point, dude. I and I, I was like full too. Like so, that's how you know it was really good pizza. Because I was like, can I have that little small piece? I just want to try it. I'm like, get the like, fuck I, away from my pizza. <laughs> I had already, yeah, and I'd already finished my my little fucking quinoa, whatever you call it, and was pretty full. And I just wanted to try it. And I was like, dude. That is really, really good. So that I think that not being hungry and able to in, really appreciate the taste of something makes it even that much better, right? Yeah, that's like you're not blinded by taste book. That's why you're not blinded. It's the truth. It's the real truth. I just wanted to say that, by the way. Um, it's not always a bad thing. If you enjoy food, you know, you got to eat, bro. Food's good. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, we gotta we gotta do more of these in person because. On Zoom, like if we're both talking at the same time, I have no clue what you what you say half the time, and, and vice versa, probably. It's beautiful like, because there's two tracks, so we have two tracks. So when it goes into editing, everyone. Oh, so they they can hear it, but but it it does hurt my reaction because I'm like, fuck, what did he just say? You know, yeah. it, it just it just be like that, just be like that sometimes. But yeah, no, it was a great experience, and, and it was a very exciting race. I, I tweeted. And it popped off. I didn't really know if it would because there's a lot of F1, a lot of F1 stands out there, all our Netflix subscribers. But um, I tweeted like, and I've said this on our podcast, like our NASCAR podcast, like a billion times. Like it's it's not even close how much better the IndyCar racing product is to Formula One when we're talking about uh, an upper tier open wheel racing series. Like, and a lot of that, People say, oh, you're shitting on F1. Well, yeah, I mean, the on-track product in F1 is brutal. Let's just face it. Like, it's brutal. It's 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 terrible. Unless you're casual, like, yeah, it's it's awful uh, most of the time. With that being said, I still watch it because I like watching motorsports events at 6 in the morning or 3 in the morning. That's pretty sick because I'm a night owl. So I always will appreciate it. However, IndyCar's racing product is so damn good. And in some way, shape, or form, I'm kind of crediting F1 because their people, their presentation is so fucking smart. Like, if you have a racing product like that, that's not very good at all, yet you're seeing tremendous results internationally and now in the United States, like, big credit to Formula One because their people just know how to present the sport uh, in an amazing way to capture new fans. If we can get that element in IndyCar, dude, IndyCar could be so much bigger and that's a way that's a much deeper conversation when you think back to like the cart split and everything that's had a big ripple effect over the last two decades 
the main point is it was a great race and a great start to the season. The race had every single element uh, of an awesome uh, motorsports event that you could ask for, whether you were there in person or watching on TV. And it seems like from the response I got on that tweet, a lot of people agreed and a lot of people very thoroughly enjoyed that IndyCar race, the St. Pete Grand Prix. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm with you 100 percent. Met a lot of great people out there. Always a good time seeing everyone. And then the racing pride itself, man. Shout out to Marcus Erickson. We didn't even say that uh, winner of the race. He won the race. Uh, oh, well, we're mad about that because we didn't bet on him. My chest no. got sunburnt. I got a good little sunburn. The only thing I thought my face was going to be blistered like lobster. It was not Uh shout out to the Cherokee and me. Um, I did get my chest sunburnt, though. So that did happen. Um. Other than that, yeah, I think that uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say here. I'm ready to talk some NASCAR. Um, the last thing I'll say about it, I think we had a great conversation with our guy Andy from IndyCar. Won't go any deeper than that. Shout out to Andy. Andy, you're the man. Uh, we were talking about what it what it takes in America to make something exciting. A, you either have somebody that just wins every week and then people just rally around that, kind of like F1 has with Max Verstappen. RB, you get some drama in the garage. You get two guys, the villain and the hero, head to head with each other. So either we got to develop that or you develop someone that's winning like every week. And that really is the uh, the two for two. I'm way more into the drama. I want to see the drama in the garage. Um, you know, I, I like the fact that anybody, you know, if you're running a great race that you see a lot of passing, a lot of lead takes like that's. IndyCar is great. I love it. Shout out to Open Wheel Racing. Shout out to the heart of the dog. Shout out to Scotty Mack. I wish my bets would have cashed, but they didn't. We move on. Um, NASCAR started up after the IndyCar race, and I did not get to put any new bets down. Uh, I was in Florida. I am spoiled now, by the way. Um, ever since betting became legal in Louisiana, I don't want to, to do anything else. Like, it's just that's what I want. And like, that's it's easy for me and I like it. And that's how I want to stay. That's how I want to roll. I'm a spoiled boy with the books now. And so if you're in the discord, which is free, went in there that morning, told you, I think it'd be smart to add Byron. It'd be smart to add Chastain. That was the only other two outrights we did three weeks in a row in cup. We've done it. And that's just the way that I'm looking at it. You were able to uh, to score some cheddar. You had a big day as well in NASCAR. Uh, a lot, lot of prop bets hit. And, you know, I'm just ecstatic about how it worked out. There's a lot of people that want to talk about the caution, the caution that happened at the end. You know what? God threw that caution as far as I'm concerned, because that allowed the garage fam to win. We all know who the winning car was. William Byron had the fastest car. He, he deserved the dub. He got the dub. That's what counts there. There was a, you know, it was a pretty clean race for the most part. I think you and I were talking about that. You know, we had a couple little things. Kyle Busch really enjoyed the wall. Uh, he was listening to Pink Floyd's The Wall a lot of the time during that race. A lot of people had money. I was one of them. I had some money before we left out for Florida on Kyle Busch. Just didn't work out. I think the momentum really fell off after, you know, the Xfinity race. So, you know, that there's a little bit there. I think that uh, that it's good to see Hendrick kind of doing what they're doing and being strong at these tracks. Chevy is strong. We knew that. Uh, and, and that's continuing. 
that's going to continue and we're, we'll see how it all translates out when we get to next week. But what were some uh, what were some things that you enjoy? Talk a little bit about the bets that you hit. I had the Bubba top 10. That is one that did cash out. Didn't get to log the outright. That's OK. I still won and I know it. Um, but uh, but yeah, you had a uh, what, you went up like what, 16 units on that cop race? Yeah, it's probably my third second or since 2021 second biggest winning day in the cup series and cup series betting over the past two and a half years. So yeah, that was huge. And yeah, I don't care about the caution because you, you, you take them how you can get them. And the day before I lost pole bets because the wind started blowing in the final, you know, when all I had, but I had three guys in the final five, Cindric bell. And uh, who was the other one? Brad K maybe. I think two of those three guys would have beat Logano's time based off of what they ran in the first session. And I, and we lost because the wind started blowing. I mean, these guys were going to the green flag. I mean, four one hundredths of a second in the red, and you just can't make that up in this car. You can't make that up. If you get to the green that far off now, was it a caution? Now I think NASCAR threw it kind of quick. Almirola did hit the wall. He hit it pretty hard. He was sideways. Like, I don't mind it. I mean, I if I was the guy who was looking at the button, I wouldn't have thrown it. I, I have this thing that, you know, single car spins are not cautions, which I don't know. That doesn't translate to a single car spin as much as just like a guy hit the wall, didn't drag any debris on the track, at least to my knowledge. So I would have said it's not a caution. Slip Regardless... Up. Regardless, William Byron did have did have the best car. Pit crew won him that race ultimately because Larson had run away with it uh, after he took the lead on one of those restarts, and William Byron fell all the way back to like fifth. And uh, pit crew got him out in front of Larson on that final restart, and then he line he was able to line up beside Truex. Yes, Truex will stay in prison. It was just. And it sucks because I'm already thinking about betting him again at Phoenix, but we'll talk about that later. Regardless of all this, more complaints came through just about the quality of the race itself. Like it was, like you said, it was a clean race, a lot of green flag runs, and honestly, like as a traditional fan, and, and the way NASCAR has changed so much over the years, today's NASCAR fan just like hates long green flag runs, and I do not. In a world where we have these stages, in this Gen 7 era, we have we have a lot of calamity with the kinks of the new car. Uh, those are clearly, I mean, in two races, how many how many tire issues have we seen? Like, I, 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 I'm trying to think of one oh. tire issue that we've seen that wasn't from contact or from hitting a wall. Like, have we seen anybody just lose a tire randomly? They're gone. They're gone. Those issues are, seem like they are gone now. And I have think no... Think about that. Yeah, like Vegas is it a good example because on high grip racetracks last year, we on uh, high grip mile and a half, especially, we had a lot of tire problems and we didn't have any yesterday or Sunday. We had we almost had none. I think we had none. So as these kinks are worked out, like a lot of these people are going to be disappointed because we're going to see a lot more long green flag runs. Like and as a traditional fan, I appreciate the hell out of that because. It reminds me of, you know, the pre-stage era and and uh, 
like every single race wasn't just a thriller, right? You just enjoyed it. You you just enjoyed it just because you loved racing and you loved NASCAR, right? So I appreciate the long green flag runs when they happen, but I know there's a lot of fans out there that said it was a bad race because of that. And there's probably a lot of, there's a lot of Kyle Larson fans too. So they're also going to chime in and say it was a bad race because they feel like Kyle Larson got fucked from that caution. Right. So, you know, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot of negative layers to this event, uh, the Pennsville 400. But, you know, if I hadn't won any bets, I, I still would feel like it was a good race, honestly. And that's just from a very traditional standpoint. Like, I, I don't care if it's long green flag runs. Like, I'm I'm glued. I'm glued to the TV. And, and the truck race was like that. After you got past the second stage, long green flag runs to finish it. Xfinity, same deal. Long green flag run to finish it. The Xfinity race was a great race. Shout out to Chandler Smith. I just did not expect that. Like everybody was betting on Chandler and I was like, dude, I just don't see it yet. Like rookies, like Sammy Smith is a great example. If we want to talk about Xfinity for a second, like Sammy Smith, I think he's going to be a stud. He's in a super fast race car running up front, but made rookie mistakes, big time rookie mistakes that took him out of contention at Fontana and Vegas. Chandler Smith, like until the end, until that, until two to go. Now you could say that final 15 laps when he gave up that big lead, but just did not make any big mistakes there until the end. And that was a big learning experience when it comes to just saving tire, right? Like that's the difference between him and Austin Hill, who's now in his second year full time in the 21 car who won the Xfinity Series race. So I'm just so impressed, like the, the maturity level of just not making any big mistakes in his first two races outside of Daytona. So big kudos to Chandler Smith and, and uh, Austin Hill is a real deal, man. Austin Hill, uh, there's going to be a spot for him in cup in the next year or two. I think there's no doubt in my mind the, with what he's done already, his aggression level, super speedway God. And now he just clicked off a mile and a half win. That's, that's a big start to the 2023 season for him and Richard Childress racing. Hopefully, our guy Sheldon Creed will be right behind him. Yeah, uh, how many and, more races do we have uh, until Sheldon has to get the mullet going? Uh, we got we got we're, we're what three races in now? Yeah, we got two more. We got Phoenix and Atlanta. He's got to win Phoenix or Atlanta to get the mullet back. He, if you guys missed the Garage Guys NASCAR podcast interview you had with Sheldon, he bet me because I asked him like, you know, is there any chance to bring the mullet back? If you know, maybe the success doesn't come and you, you just feel like you're on a, on a, in a slump. Right. Um, Cause I expect this to be a big season for Sheldon after a year to adjust to these cars. I was like, okay, is there any chance to go the mullet back out? And he said he would, if he won in the first five races of the season. So we are three down and uh, he was really good at Fontana had the save of the year at Fontana but, you know, it didn't translate to a win. Vegas wasn't as much of a factor. But he's won at Phoenix before in the truck series. And uh, with RCR's package at the Super Speedways, you throw Atlanta in there. Led a lot of laps at Atlanta last year, uh, I think in the July race. So, yeah, yeah I, I like his chances. Forward to. I'm looking forward to being out in Atlanta. And I'm looking forward to getting the Clippers and him winning. Like, the way I see it playing out in my head is he wins in Atlanta. We meet him in victory lane. We celebrate. He comes back to his, his hauler. Before he gets on the plane, I'm going to have clippers. We're shaving the mullet. We're going to shave it for him. We're going to get it good, good and tight, high and tight. 
let the flow kind of drip towards the back a little bit. I mean, he doesn't have much to work with as of now, but we can make kind of a small mullet. Just go ahead. Yeah. You know, all we can do is shave the sides. Mm -hmm. That's really all we can do. We can shave the sides and get it started. And then he's just going to have to grow it. And then uh, just, just responsibly keep the front short responsibly. I think it's the best move for him, even if he doesn't win. All right. I think, I think it's, it's probably, uh, you know, he's got to find a way to bring the mojo back and this is a great way to do it. Um, But yeah, we love Sheldon and yeah, like you're talking about Austin Hill and, I mean, dude, I, I can't wait. We, we definitely got to get him on Garage Talk at some point. Everybody that's listening to this right now, just go ahead and tweet at Austin Hill and say, time for Garage Talk. That's all you got to say. Um, and the thing with him is, man, like that, he's just a hoss, dude. Fucking Austin Hill is a hoss. Like when you see him and you see him get out of the car, like that's the kind of guy that carries like all the water in buckets for the village like he and he doesn't complain <laughs> about it he's walking up the hill you know dude is a hoss bro and and it's so great to see somebody like that and the success that he can have on the super speedways and the intermediate so far he just he's got the winning spirit and the winning mentality everybody can can buy into that everybody wants to to, to have a guy to root for like that so yeah uh, I, I love what they're doing at RCR. The RCR camp is hot, you know, and uh, and, it, and it's a beautiful thing to watch unfold. Uh, the Xfinity race, though, yeah, like Chandler Smith, dude, 20 years old, 20 years old Chandler Smith is, man. He's a dad. Um, and it, that, that to me just, I think, speaks waves, right? Like he is just, he's focused, man. So I love to see that. I've been watching a little more uh, Nasfinity. Uh, as the the season is has kicked up and then the trucks as well but uh but yeah with cup man getting back to that it's good to see william byron get a race knocked down uh early on and 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 to see what we're gonna have unfold i think last year the big players at this race was uh when we talking about phoenix now just trying to look at like HMS last year. They're like going from Vegas. Chase, Chase, Chase. Well, so Byron, that was a great race last year. There's a lot of comers and goers, but Chase Elliott had the best shot to win late in that race. He, he had been running Chase Briscoe down. That's in what the I last mean, him and yeah. good at the Phoenix last year. But like, yeah, you, you didn't get see it translate as well as you would want to. But I feel like HMS is just kind of on like a too hot to trot uh you know street like this could be the beginning of it this could be the beginning of something especially you know and we didn't even mention this chase elliott the tibula uh fractures tibula snowboard and we didn't even really talk about it. everybody knows about yeah. it i don't think our opinion matters more than than anybody else's out there but uh but, you know we, we hope that he gets better you know josh barry's been in the car we don't know how that's gonna shake up and change things but i feel like if anything this is a momentum builder for them they know that like you know he's the most popular driver in the sport one of the most popular drivers in the sport so you know sometimes with a team when something like that happens they can really like you know just come together and just create some really good magic so could be the start of a uh of a a hendrick takedown this year and i want to say that i even heard hamlin talking a little bit about uh you know with elliot like when drivers have he was mentioning uh, Kyle Bush when he was out, then he came back and won a championship and like how it really just mentally changes people. So when Chase Elliott comes back, he might just be on fire 
And so I don't know. I'm feeling good now. I mean, I've already got the outright locked in for the championship with Chastain, but you know, maybe the momentum's already starting to shift a little bit early here. Who knows? Well, I just want to know how many. And yeah, can't reiterate enough. Uh, you guys know we're big Chase Elliott guys. One of our dudes in the garage and and big Hooters guy represents the Hooters, the Hooters legacy very, very well. So we, we wish nothing but the best and a, and a speedy recovery for Chase Elliott. Get back in that car as soon as possible. Um, But yeah, I mean, Josh Berry being I think Josh Berry needs to be the guy because he has a cup future. I think they need to leave him in there and let him get some experience and uh, kind of learn this Gen 7 race car more whenever he does get his opportunity to move up to Cup, which maybe Dale Jr. will finally keep the fingers crossed, like start a team in Cup, bring Josh with him, maybe some, some all guy and someone else. Regardless, I think that you got – I think you should leave one guy in the car, and, and people are giving all sorts of names. People are saying Jimmy Johnson, Corey LaJoy, by the way, Greg – uh, NASCAR Titan Greg Thurn put a good bet in the Discord. He just said he put five bucks on Corey LaJoy to win at Phoenix at like plus a hundred thousand or some shit, just because it's a YOLO move in case they put Corey in that nine car. That's a smart play. That's a smart play considering Chase has been his last year was good at Phoenix in both races, didn't get the finish either time that he probably deserved, but. Had top five capabilities at both those tracks. And you never know if Corey gets a shot. Like, that's not a bad bet. Which now it's been, after Greg sent that, it's been completely slashed down on sports books to like uh, 200, 250 to one, maybe. So yeah. it was way, way higher, like a thousand to one or some shit. But speculative. Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, when is Chase going to come back is the question. Like, Kyle Bush has been through this, as you said. Came back and won what people, a lot of people call a Mickey Mouse title, which, no, it's not. Like, it's not his fault that NASCAR said it was okay for him to come back. He comes back and wins immediately and just has an amazing 2015 season outside of what he missed early. So, I mean, NAS, the way NASCAR is talking, like, if he comes, it, it seems like they really haven't said any specifics about what the timeline would be for a waiver to be granted. Like, it's it's all purely judgmental. Seems like, based off what I've heard from NASCAR officials or other executives, they're they're going to grant him a waiver to compete for a championship. So, yeah, like you said, like uh, apparently what Denny said, I was I think I was asleep when you were listening to some of the pod on the way back. <laughs> but uh, I feel like I, I feel like I heard bits and pieces even with my headphones in. Yeah. But no, I mean that doesn't surprise me. Like the mental the mental capacity is, is a huge thing in all of sports and it could, I guess it, you know, we, we saw it with Kyle Bush, maybe the, the, it makes your mental strength hit another level uh, when you go through an injury like that and come back and the, the extra motivation too, like chase won't be able to get in on points. So he'll have to win a race to get into the playoffs. He's going to be so far down to the point standings. By the time he comes back, he probably won't be able to point his way in. So he will literally have to win races to get back into the championship hunt. So that will be a good storyline when it comes back. Yeah. I, you know, looking at everything that we've got, I'm just trying to pull up the schedule right now. I would say we would probably see chase come back. And this is just my, my thoughts here, probably sometime in may, 
is what I would think just to shoot for. And I'm not saying that this is, you know, 100% accurate. I have no clue. I'm not a doctor. I don't work on legs. Uh, I'm just thinking here that it probably would make a lot of sense. You got to think he's got, you know, they, they, he's got the money to get himself taken care of physical therapy, whatever he's going to need. So you gotta, you gotta think that, Hey, it'll probably be at least a month or two, but if that's the case starting in May, I mean, let's say he comes back. I don't know. After the all-star break, we're going right into, you know, Charlotte, maybe before, maybe he comes back during like somewhere like Kansas, like the first week of May, he could win at Kansas. Um, you know, Darlington hasn't, hasn't been that kind, you know, Charlotte, he could win a 600. How spectacular would that be? Come back from your leg being, being fucked up. And then you win the Coke 600. That'd be, yeah, when, well, when Kyle Bush had, a similar injury that was his first race back was the coke 600 which that was in 2015 what that was like the 11th or 12th race of the season i think i don't know what it is on the he schedule won that? no no he didn't win he didn't win he won at sonoma like four weeks later got you got but you. that's i mean still early right and, and that kind of sparked his championship run he he ran he he, he didn't run the whole schedule he ran like 23 to 25 races and he won five and and went on a big run to win the title so yeah i don't know i don't know it's it's you know in a world where the nascar scene in the cup series is nothing but uncertainties all the time it seems welcome to this uncertainty another one added to the equation with with when will chase elliott be cleared to return and i think a good another good topic talking about uncertainties is Phoenix and this new aero package that we have are these little changes and they're not so little from all the speculation we've read uh, drivers tested back in January. And as we're trying to figure out how to make these cars a little bit more racier on the shorter tracks, especially, and, and hopefully if these changes go well, maybe you could see something happen on the intermediates too. Uh, maybe next year where we can make everything a little bit more racier. But apparently the, the downforce level, this is the big quote I, I read off of somebody from NASCAR.com saying that the downforce level is going to be at like its lowest since the mid nineties, like a 30% decrease in downforce, which is a huge deal. And it's the right move when you consider how good this race car is, right? Like it's so advanced, like the brakes are too good. There's too much mechanical grip. So you got to take a swing in the opposite direction somewhere to make it a more racier experience. And the best way to do that is completely strip all of the downforce. I, well, I would say horsepower would be another really good way to do it, but horsepower is not on the cards uh, for this year and probably not next year. Maybe not the year after that, which fucking blows. But you can make it feel, you know, you can make it close with, with trimming downforce down to the bare minimum. And that's what we've done with this rear spoiler. And I, I want to highlight what our guy Bozy, I can never pronounce his last name. And he's told it to me like two or three times. Can you pronounce his last name? Bozy. Hey, Turtok. No, I don't fuck it. I'm not, I'm not going to go. Think, I don't think Bozy would get mad. I don't no, think, no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't. I think Bozy understands. Yeah. But I feel bad because we've talked a lot of the track and I've asked him more than once, like, how do you pronounce your last name? And he's told me and I'm like, got it. I haven't asked and him. Then, and then uh, I think I asked him 
500 weekend because he was working on Jimmy Johnson's team. We talked to him, and I think I asked him, like, and fuck, here we go. here we are three weeks later. And I can't pronounce it, but Bozy. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of people in the NASCAR community know him and or at least know of what he does and, and the great insight he provides on a very technical standpoint of the race cars. And following his content, he basically outlined what it's going to look like. Essentially, the diffuser is being dissembled in the middle of the diffuser, like three of the, I, I think he calls them strakes, are being removed. And then on the outside, the two little diffuser things on the outside are being trimmed a little bit. And then you have the spoiler just being completely chopped off, essentially. So it's all hopefully, I mean, it's going to reduce downforce. We know that 100,000%. My hope is that it helps a lot with the dirty air problem, too, because the dirty air thing is is so frustrating uh, for the drivers and for me and a lot of the fans because it, it inhibits passing like we used to see it when we had higher horsepower. So, you know, hopefully it it goes great. Hopefully it creates a big institutional change with these race cars going forward. And one effect of all this on the betting side, before we even get to the weekend is the sports books are scared sports books. That's one thing that sucks about this in the long haul, good move, but in the short term, it kind of blows if you want to bet on NASCAR before the weekend, because the sports books are, are just not budging and they're not giving us anything cool. They're not giving us anything good right now, which kind of sucks. But we've been eating, dude. I'm really, dude. I'm excited. Well, yes, of course, but um, it just in a season where everybody was like, "Oh, the offerings are going to be next level," right? Like, just has not been there, man. And I don't want to dig into that conversation because it's it's just a frustrating thing to talk about. Um, probably did. a lot of reasons as to why. But let's just talk about. Uh, I'll let you get more to the betting side of what we're looking at for this weekend. Just a little uh, pregame, if you will, a little sneak peek. But for the matter of the racing product, I think this will be a success. I think this is the start of something good for the short tracks. And maybe it could lead into more than that uh, into next year and the year after. It would be a beautiful thing to see. So, yeah, yeah, I will. Uh, I'll briefly just kind of go over what we have thus far for uh this race coming up this weekend in phoenix we'll get it pulled up here i've been doing a little bit of looking around obviously when i got home last night and uh it is a tuesday morning right now i went to sleep real out cold yeah a lot of driving but uh the united rentals uh 500 is what we're looking at here and let's go ahead and uh and, and dive into what we have so for right now caesars barstool points bet are the three books that have some odds up and doing a little bit of searching around. Uh, I think that Kevin Harvick had already been hammered down pretty, pretty good. I think he had uh, opened up at plus 2000. He's already down to like plus 1000 on a lot of these books, plus uh 1200 on barstool right now. Uh, also, um, you know, if you don't remember, I had bet on Harvick last year at Phoenix to win this race, and he was up there running. It just some things didn't click off the way they needed to towards the end. And you know, we'll we'll answer some of these questions on Twitter. I think SHR is definitely one of those, and we'll dive a little bit deeper into that. I think that's something that Dale can actually talk with a little bit. He was pretty excited about that one. 
But if I'm going to pull the trigger on anything as of this moment right now, uh, the only thing that I like is over on points bet. Tyler Reddick is at 2,200 over here. Um, and the reason that I like this bet is just because, A, can't really do the comparison with the eight car last year and what we have this year in the 45. This is way more of me hoping to God that Toyota has gotten their shit together going into this weekend. I know Chris Bell was a huge play from a lot of people last year. Everybody's like, oh, I'm betting on Chris Bell. Chris Bell, Chris Bell, Chris Bell. I didn't bet on Chris Bell last year. I didn't think that Chris Bell was going to have a great race. I didn't think Toyota was going to have a good time, and they didn't. Um, So flat track king, though, He's flat he track is. King. He is that he is that Joey Logano trying to, you know, he got that new hair. He trying to, to take his game a little bit. But um, I will say this, that, you know, I feel a lot better about, you know, Chris Bell this year uh, on this track. I feel a lot better about these guys in the Toyotas because you just can't believe that nothing has really been done. And with these changes to this car, I think it's going to help a lot. I'm excited for it. These cars might take off and fly, dude. It is Phoenix. Um, you know, they might fall like the bird. C Bell might do it, but Red Dog, I, I, I gotta believe here. The plus twenty two hundred Red Dog. I think I'm gonna go ahead and throw my first dart for the week. That's what I'm gonna grab him over on points bet. Dart throw. Why do you why do you think the changes might help Toyota drivers specifically? Well, when I say the specific driver, I really just mean Tyler here. Tyler had such a good run last year uh with this car, dirt boys, maybe. Maybe more dirt boys. Toyota Dirt Boys, we'll put it that way. And there's really not many of them, right? I mean, you've got Chris Bell, Tyler Reddick. I think that's the only two Dirt Boys in Toyota. Um, supposedly, this track works really well with Dirt guys. So, and then of course Chastain's just you know he he figures out his own way. But yeah, I mean Chris Bell and Tyler Reddick are probably the only two Toyota drivers I would feel comfortable with. I even talked to you a little bit earlier before you even started recording about Martin Truex possibly being a thing. Oh, I want to wait. Yeah, I want to wait. I want to wait for all that. Their odds are short, or I mean their odds aren't short, but they're short enough in this racket to where I'm like, I'll wait. You know, I'll take. Yeah. I think um yeah I'll start off by saying I feel like you can wait on Harvick, Truex, and Chastain because they just typically don't qualify super well. Um, Chastain did qualify top ten last week, which I thought was very surprising because they were not good at qualifying on intermediates in 2022 at all. If you go look back and just look at the data of what Ross did in qualifying, it was nothing compared to how he raced. I don't see a lot of that changing. Um, so, I mean, I'm tempted on Ross at 10 to 1, but there could be a chance you get something a little bit better than that after qualifying if he doesn't qualify in the top 10, which can, if you consider last year's data, it's more likely he'll qualify outside the top 10 than inside the top 10. Martin Truex is the same way around 11 to 1, 12 to 1. I think Truex is going to be good. I think he's going to be good. I, I was digging around last night and I realized uh, I realized something. That Martin Truex has not won at an intermediate style racetrack, like a mile and a half, since 2019. And I couldn't believe that. Was it and when you look, he no, Dover's a Dover's not an intermediate. Dover, Dover's Monday. like a mile track. I just remember 2019, Monday Martin was a big deal. 
Yeah, I'm talking about mile and a half. He's won at Dover since then. That's what I was about to say is like on shorter tracks, on short tracks plus Phoenix. Uh, and, and if you want to throw Dover in there, Dover's always, I don't know. Dover is it's like a short a track to me. But yeah. It's definitely not an intermediate. Not even, it's just like it's in that Phoenix slash New Hampshire territory on a classification level. But all of Truex's like last seven wins have been at short tracks, shorter, flatter, smaller racetracks, essentially. No mile and a half. Uh, three of those, I think, were at Martinsville. So, anyway, I think Truex is another sneaky play. And, God, I just want to die when I say that. But, um, fuck. You know, we need to see some top five odds. We haven't seen any. As I talked about, like, the books are scared. Like, no top three odds. Caesars usually has everything out at this point. They have no top threes. They have no top fives. They have no props. It's like everybody's scared of this new arrow change, and I still feel like the cream, you know, rises to the top. But, um, yeah, I saw that Harvick line at 20 to 1 via Caesars, and it was gone when I came back and looked 30 minutes later. It was 10 to 1. Mm-hmm. But if you want, like, people are asking about Chase Briscoe and, and Stuart Hawes, like, hasn't really mattered what the package is here. Like, Harvick is always amazing here. And last year... Chase Briscoe was really fucking good. I mean, really, really good at Phoenix in his two starts. Obviously won here last year. Picked him to win. You know, small flex, 50 to 1 bet. That was great. And then he came back in the fall on the championship weekend and was and finished fourth. So I think Briscoe is is a guy that is that scares me because on shorter tracks last year, Chase Briscoe was great at qualifying. Great uh, on most of them. So I could see the 20 to one not being there on Sunday if he has an impressive qualifying run on Saturday. But specific to the arrow package, specific to the low downforce we're gonna see, like I think it it's it's a move that could benefit the veterans, which Harvick, Truex, maybe a Brad K, you can get him at 45 to 1. Like Brad K has never won here, but has pretty good statistics. Has had a lot of top tens. He's led a bunch of laps, several top five runs too. So I think this package could benefit the better the veterans because they have run downforce levels somewhat close to this throughout their careers. Like Harvick's been a part of fucking 7,000 different arrow packages, right? Truex has been pretty close to that level too. And I mean, yeah, throw Kyle Busch in there. The fact that the eight car was really good here last spring, you talked about with Tyler Reddick, like that could be a good play too. And, and I feel like we're going to sleep on Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin, uh, which 10 to one, the books did a really smart thing, honestly. Like I know we're all upset, but they've saturated everybody under 20 to one and they've made it where you don't want to bet anything that you, you really just don't want to touch any of this stuff. Cause you feel like some of these guys should be, cheaper than they are right and and denny's one of those guys where 10 to 1 is interesting because phoenix he's like hot and cold right very very hot and cold when it comes to his overall results here at phoenix over his career so those are the guys i'm looking at i'm leaning towards the veterans if there's a big value play i'll look at christopher bell at 14 to 1 i think is a great value play i think c bell could come out here qualify in the pole and then 14 to 1 is gone forever but overall, probably going to stay away from most of this stuff. But, you know, I try, to, I try to give as much advice as I can on what I see and what sticks out. And the number one thing that sticks out is Christopher Bell at 14 to 1. 
on Barcelona Sportsbook. That is something that could be trimmed down substantially heading into the weekend. Okay. So so I think that that there you go right there. Two early plays that that we kind of leaning are both leaning into is the Toyota Dirt Boys. Tyler Reddick at plus 2200 for me over on Points Bet and then Dale Chris Bell plus 1400 over on Barstool Sportsbook. So there's a little something a little taste to get things going for the weekend. And uh you talked a little bit about SHR. We'll go ahead now before we close out the show, answer some of these Twitter questions and you you kind of piece it together. This was from Ronnie Mack 01. What is the issue with SHR the past few years? Is it the young drivers not getting the most out of their equipment or has SHR just had a major decline? How can there be such a big difference in teammates with Harvick running top 10 and Briscoe not even able to run top 25? And I think we have talked God, about that's this on the last show. Um, crazy. Yeah, it really is. But I think that what it really goes into is kind of like what I said last week about how the difference is between how the driver communicates with his crew chief. Childers and Harvick have been together for a while. They've got the chemistry right. And I think that that is the real big missing piece that people aren't looking at when it comes to the differences between what's happening internally. Yeah, I we did talk about that last week. But it is, it is crazy because Briscoe – race like he was down a fucking cylinder at Fontana and then once again just slow I mean no speed while while Harvick is you know running around a top 10 it, it it's very similar to what we saw last year early because Briscoe struggled very badly on, on several of these intermediates while Kevin Harvick was really good you know and hung around the top five hung around the top 10 one at Michigan so it's tough to say I think I definitely think the, the experience factor is something to look at, like you said, with Rodney Childers, too. Um, I, I think it's a combination of inexperience and a missing setup, right? Like, yeah, I think if if let's just assume all four drivers, Priest, Almirola, Harvick and, and Briscoe all miss the setup. They just completely blew the setup at Vegas. Well, I can expect Harvick to grind out a top 10 because of his veteran experience, because he's a Hall of Fame caliber driver. But these other guys, you know, Almirola is Almirola. Let's just face it. Like, Eric, there's a reason why he's won three or four races in, like, 15 years of full-time racing in the Cup Supes. Let's just let's just be honest, right? Like, uh, Almirola is Almirola. Chase Briscoe, I think, has Hall of Fame potential but in experience, let's just, and I, as I said, miss the setup. Seems like Stuart Hawes has just missed the setup both times. Briscoe, not good. Ryan Priest, same kind of deal. Inexperience. New team. First time in the Gen 7 car. We we, we got to remember, like, Priest has been out of the Cup Series for a couple years. And there's going to be some growing growing pains with Ryan Priest, regardless of, of how his teammates do, I think. So, the the big gist here is like if if you're assuming the whole program missed the setup the last two races, yeah, I can expect Harvard to grind out a top ten, maybe a top five, because of his Hall of Fame caliber, because of Rodney Childers knowing what Kevin likes in his car, knowing what changes they need to make based off Kevin's feedback. That's very important. And I've seen drivers in the past talk about like uh, when they don't run well at a certain track, they're just like, man, I I don't run well here, so. Because I haven't had a great run at this track or this type of track, 
I'm not sure what to tell my crew chief. Like what I tell my crew chief, like doesn't work because we haven't gone through that. Harvick and Rodney Childers have gone through that for about a decade now. Yeah. So yeah, even if you miss a setup, Harvick is going to be able to grind out a good run. If, if you nail the setup, all four of them probably run top 20 and Harvick just blows everybody away. Right. So Harvick's always going to be one step ahead of all of his teammates for all those factors, experience, camaraderie, Hall of Fame caliber talent. Just a veteran. It's just a veteran experience. And, you know, mentioning Ryan Priest, I do think that Ryan Priest is going to have a really good run in a short track this year. He's a short track guy, uh, runs the uh, the Wheeling Modified. He did that for a while. So I, I really do think that we're going to see him kind of have this thing where it's going to push everybody into this like way overvaluing of Ryan Priest this year because he's going to have like one good race and everyone's going to be like oh my god we're betting Ryan Priest every week it's like don't fall for the trap he's going to have a good one though just make sure that you're ready to throw the dart on the week that he does have the good race could be this weekend who knows um next question that we'll go ahead and go to is from Troy uh I cannot wait to talk about this one what do we think about Legacy Motor Club? I know it is early, but this is not what I expected, especially from Eric Jones. Also, will you be in Nashville for the Ally 400? I'll go ahead and answer the latter. That is a big definite yes. We will be in Nashville. That is definitely on our plans. Um, as far as Legacy Motor Club, here's my take. And I've talked about this. I've talked about it off air, on air, whatever you want to call it. Um you know, there's a there's something that happens when you piss off one of the legends of the sport. Apparently, Richard Petty is not too happy with Jimmy Johnson and how things have turned out. And everybody was really like, you know, trying to figure out who's going to be the team that really takes the downward spiral. Well, you come in and you take Richard Petty Motorsports or whatever you want to call it. You know, it was Petty GMS last year and you pretty much strip the Petty name off of it. And you turn it into something new, which is basically a Formula One team inside of NASCAR. You add, uh, you know, new driver. Uh, it, it's it, it really is just I think that there's too much focus on the internals and the business side of things than there is maybe on the racing side of things. Maybe they're being a little bit lazy and not trying to push as hard because you know, they've got to worry about their celebrity lists each week. They've got to worry about, you know, how they're going to, you know, wear a certain like Jimmy's got to worry about his suits. You know, he's got to make sure his suit is nice and dry cleaned. Um, you know, these are the things that we're focusing on at Legacy Motor Club. It, it, it does appear, uh, you know, I don't want to be too much of a dick about it, but I mean, it's just like if anybody was going to have these issues, I think it's it's like when you kind of bring in this showboaty team like this when you put a, a face like jimmy johnson on that uh there's definitely going to be more focus on that side of the business than maybe the racing the race is just kind of there you know maybe that's why richard petty motorsports you know just kind of coasted for so many years it was way more about the the history than it was about the competitiveness so that's my take on it yeah i think this is kind of the reasoning i said track house would be not as good this year and uh, and finally, Trackhouse, I guess, had a down day. Like Suarez popped up there at the end. Chastain kind of faded at the end. But they clearly didn't have the speed of the Hendrick guys 
And then Truex and, and Denny both had really good speed too. But my reasoning at the beginning of the year and throughout January and preseason shows, I've talked about like, I think Trackhouse is going to see some regression. I think Legacy Motor Club is in that same boat because they take, they, they took amazing advantages of the uncertainties of the Gen 7 car. And while Trackhouse was good almost everywhere, Legacy Motor Club wasn't that good last year. Like they were pretty good. Like they had their moments. Eric Jones had really good speed a handful of times in 2022. But I'm not surprised to see him. Everybody is saying like they're really far off compared to last year. Well, I mean, look at their results at mile and a half since 2022. It's a mixed bag. It's not like Eric Jones was just obliterating the field and running up there with track house every single time. Like Ty Dillon in the 42 car last year was just an egg, dude. He was just an egg. It was awful. I think Noah Gragson had some speed. If he doesn't speed on pit road three times, like I think his car wasn't too bad. And in the middle, towards the end of the race, Eric Jones came on a lot stronger and was actually pretty fast at the end of that race. So I don't think it's all panic. I don't think it's all, uh, I don't think it's all just panic mode and, and, and freak out mode for the organization at this point. I just think like now that everybody has a year under their belts, the Goliaths, which is Hendrick and, and Joe Gibbs and uh, Penske. Like, even though Penske won the title last year, we're going to see gains out of Team Penske in, in other areas. We're going to see gains out of Hendrick. We've already seen the gains out of Hendrick for Las Vegas because this race last year, Toyota was amazing. And in the fall race last year, Hendrick Motorsports was not great. So I think your big dogs are going to eat more now that we've had a year a year of the Gen 7 under our belt. So that correlates to Trackhouse, Legacy, uh, just these smaller teams that had some promise in 2022, maybe slowing down a little bit. And it's just because I think the big dogs with the bigger, better resources and years under their belt are going to are gonna catch back up. Yeah. And I also think like the, it, it still feels kind of like a, like, we talk about investment, right? Like Jimmy Johnson's got a huge investment now. Like the 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 team is changing in a good way, but I think it's going to be. I still think it's a work in progress, right? Like RFK improving, but it's going to be a work in progress. So I'm not panic mode yet for Eric Jones because we did see some speed out of that race car as the race went on, but I'm not surprised, right? Like I'm not remotely surprised where we've seen him and the 42 car in these first two races of the season. Yeah. Just mainly, I guess the main thing is, is looking at the owners and where their heads are at for these newer teams. And yeah, out of those, out of those three new teams, I guess you would say RFK track house and then legacy motor club. I'm going to go with the dude that like literally is driving the car and owns the team. The guy that climbs mountains and talks to shamans versus the guy that, you know, was a seven time champion, like the guy that ran the whole entire organization before him that wears the suit. So that's what I'm going to leave that at. Um, all right. Last question uh, from from here. And let me let me do something real quick. I got to I got to do a little something, something, because sometimes when you're getting everything fired up, ready to run out here on these streets, you can forget to plug your charger in. And then if you forget to look at your computer, 
Oh, you could die. Yeah. Was that to happen? No, because because we done too much work. Shout out to Max for making charging easy. All right, last question here is from is from our good pal Buddy Polly. Tagged, uh, how much vintage NASCAR gear do you own, Garage Guy, Chase? So this morning I got home and uh, I went and did a closet audit. I haven't done a closet audit in a while. Hats, I'm probably somewhere around 36 vintage NASCAR hats. I'm right around uh, 32 NASCAR vintage shirts, and I'm right about six jackets. And I just want to say it's not easy being a NASCAR drip don, as I've been called by some. I've been commended by some some important people inside of the sport as uh, as keeping the drip on lock. The fashion is big for me. I like to make sure that I'm always repping the 90s gear the 80s gear, whatever it might have you, you know, I don't want to just rep, you know, the traditional, you know, Dale Earnhardt, shout out to him. I love the man, dude. I want to wear, I want to wear some shit no one's seen. That's just kind of the way that, that I like to roll with it. And I think that it's important for everybody out there to make sure that they at least own one vintage NASCAR jacket, one vintage NASCAR shirt, and maybe one vintage NASCAR hat because, it is the future and it is the way. And if you're going to be a NASCAR drip, Don, you need to know these things and you need to be prepared. So you need to come prepared with it. There's all kinds of sites on the Internet. Go and get it. Dale will tell you the same thing. You need to go and make this happen. If you're going to be watching this sport, if you're going to be, you know, trying to get more people, I mean, you got to be stylish about it. That's just the way that it works. Dale's a Dale's a NASCAR drip Don himself. You know, I've seen Dale's closet, but I don't think we got shit on Harris Lou's closet. And every no. time I think about it, that's what it, I think about first when we talk about this. I want to punch a wall when I think about Harris Lou's closet, you know, because yeah. it's, it's great. I think I've got between shirts, oh, I gave away my jersey. I have one jersey that I had to retire because I bought it so long ago. Between a few things my dad passed down. And shirts and jackets that I bought. I've been on Etsy since 2013. I think I bought my first vintage NASCAR thing when I was 17 or 18 years old. Um, I think I've got 40 to 45 shirts, which I, I'm going to go count after this now. I've probably got 15 jackets. I'm going to count the sweaters and the shirts. And we'll still say about 45, 40, 45. Okay. Probably about 15 jackets and maybe... 10 to 15 hats you know i'll go 40 shirts i'll go 40 shirts slash sweaters 15 jackets 10 to 15 hats maybe uh, and I'll, i'm gonna throw indycar in the hats too because i got some indycar hats and they're vintage got you i got you so vintage nascar gear though but with the indycar i don't think like we were talking about how we need more vintage indycar gear it's hard to find it's very tough to find yeah. And, like, half the shit you find is never, like, most of the stuff I see is, like, mediums and smalls. Like, I never see XLs on most IndyCar shirts I find. None. Yeah, yeah, no fat people, especially back in the day. Definitely no fat people back in the day because we didn't have Raisin Canes or Chick-fil-A um, up until, like, the two, probably the late 90s or 2000s. Like, yeah, yeah, that, that's what's made me fat is chicken from gains we don't like and wings from hooters too 
Yeah. Wings from Hooters too, of course. That's the number one right there is the wings from Hooters. That's what does it. So, um, you know, that shouldn't be that shouldn't be anything that stops you, though. You should always eat wings at Hooters, even if you've got to squeeze into a medium vintage NASCAR shirt that looks like you borrowed it. Baby Gap, you do it because you love it and you do it because you care. And that's what matters here. So thanks, everybody, for getting those questions in. Let's keep that rolling as well. Um, also, uh, we will be doing a giveaway uh, here soon on Hooters Racing Instagram. If you're on Instagram, you need to get over to at Hooters Racing and, uh, and follow that. Uh, it's, it's a great thing that's coming up. If you like cups, uh, this one's for you. If you don't like cups, follow that shit anyway, because I said so. Um, from there, I guess I would say uh, this has been a show. And shout out to everybody that uh, that is, is enjoying the sport, enjoying NASCAR. That's what we're here for. That's what matters. Shout out to everybody that's winning money. Shout out to everybody that won money on Willie B. All right. You know where to follow me at Garage Guy Chase. You follow Dale at Dale Tanhart. Follow us collectively at Garage Guys FS or Garage Guys Racing everywhere else other than Twitter. Hey, can I say one more thing? Yeah, one more thing. Truck Night in America TV ratings. TV ratings up 14.7% year to date. Oh. Cup, Cup Series ratings down bat. Xfinity ratings up slightly. Truck Night and Motherfucking America up. 14.7%. Greatest sport in the universe, Chart Night in America. Don't forget it. Big for Fridays. Big Friday night, people. We'll be home this weekend, too. Maybe we should do a little something-something. No trucks this weekend, sadly. Just Xfinity and Cup. But though, still be good. I need to do a little something-something over on that playback. We'll see. All right, guys. We're out. We'll see you soon. Get them bets in. Let's have a fucking week. <laughs>